Welcome. In Parshish Pinchas, the Torah tells us about the carbon musa, about the additional carbon that is to be brought on every Yom Tov and also on Shabbos and on Rosh Chodesh on the first of every month. And regarding Rosh Chodesh, there are a number of different korbanos that the Torah says had to be brought, and among them is the following. Usi'ir izim echad v'chatos l'ashem. You must bring a seir izim, a goat, one goat, v'chatos, as a sin offering, l'ashem, to Hashem, al-oilasa tamid ye'aseh, in addition to the oilasa tamid, in addition to the two uh, lambs which were brought every single day in the base of Mikdash, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, this korban chatas is, was in addition to them, ye'aseh, Vinisko, in addition to the korban atomit, and in addition to the nesech, in addition to the wine and the grain offering that came together with the korban atomit, but here the Torah is telling us we have to also bring on Rosh Chodesh a seir izim, among a number of other korbanos. Rashi here comments as follows. Kol seire hamusafen, all of the seire hamusafen, all of the goats, it had to be brought as korban musa. Now, what he is uh, referring to here is that really, by all of the Yom Tevim, I believe, I'd have to look them over carefully, but certainly by many, if not by all, of the of the holidays here in Parshas Pinchas, every single one has a soir, as a goat, as part of the extra korbanus that must be brought because of these special qualities of the day. So Rashi says, kol seiri hamusafen, all of these additional seirim, bo'in, they come, lechaper, to atone, altumas mikdash v'kodeshot. They all come to atone for the same sin, for the sin of tumas mikdash v'kodeshot. That means if someone entered the Beis mikdash when he or she was tame, that is a, a very serious offense. That is an offense for which a person could be chayiv chorus, if he, if, we'll see in a moment, if it was done uh, without full knowledge, so then this korban will atone for it. So it's for the sin of Tumas Mikdash, the Kodashov, the the, the, the Avera of uh, Tumas Kodashov means that if a person was tame and he ate the meat of a korban while he was tame. So that also is a very serious offense. And these seirim that were brought on Rosh Chodesh and that were brought on the other special days of the year, they were mechaper, they atoned for this sin. Rashi continues, All of this is as it is explicitly stated in Mesech Shuas in the Gemara. There's quite a lengthy sugi there, the Gemara goes at quite at length to explain what the different seirim atone for, but the conclusion is they atone for Tumas Mikdash B'Kodeshot. Okay, so Rashi has given a general statement about all of the Seiri Hamusaf, about, about the goats that were brought on every single uh, Rosh Chodesh or every single Yom Tev. Now Rashi continues. The Seir Rosh Chodesh, the goat that was brought in Rosh Chodesh, is different in that it says about it, Lashem. It says here in the Pasuk, Lachatos. Lashem, which it does not say regarding the goats that were brought on the Pesach and Shuas and Sukkot and so forth. This one is different 
in that it says the words, it says the word la Hashem, and that's to teach you. This teaches us that this so'ir of Rosh Chodesh, it atones for a sin that was done that without yidia, without knowledge of the person who was doing it, not at the beginning and not at the end, meaning the person, when he entered the base of Mikdash and he was Tomei, did not realize that he was Tomei, or perhaps he did not realize that he was stepping over the boundary into the base of Mikdash, where he was not allowed to be in his impure state. He did not know it at the beginning when he did the Avera, and he did not know it later on. Sometimes a person could could do a could commit a sin unknowingly, but then later he finds out. But this korban, this sa'ir that was brought in Rosh Chodesh, atoned for a sin that was done completely without the knowledge of the person who did it. He didn't realize it when he did it, and he never found out later on. She'ein makir bechet Therefore, no one recognizes the sin except Hashem, except the Kodesh Baruch even the person himself doesn't know what he did wrong. No one else noticed because nobody told him. The only one who knows about this is a Kaddish Baruch And for this, of course, the person is not going to, to get up himself and bring a carbon uh, any other time. He's not going to bring a carbon because he doesn't realize that he did anything wrong. So when does he get some atonement for what he, in fact, did do wrong? It's going to come on Rosh Chodesh with this so'ir. Rashi says, Ushar ha-se'irin l'meidin mimenu. The other se'irin that were brought on the other uh, special days on the calendar, Pesach, Shuas, Sukkot, etc. Those other se'irin l'meidin mimenu, they are derived from this one, meaning that the soyer that was brought on every yomper atoned for a person who transgressed and entered the base of Mikdash while tamay without realizing it, not as he or she was doing it, and not later either. So uh, any person, any time of the year, who perhaps who entered the base of Mikdash while Tameh, um, and not realizing it at all, uh, it's not that far off in, in a relatively small number of weeks or months, it's going to come a, a Rosh Chodesh or, or one, of the, one of the Chagin, and the person will have an atonement for what he or she did. Now Rashi continues, umidrashai ba'agoda, and I'm going to underline that phrase because we're going to talk about it soon in Yitzhah Hashem. Umidrashai ba'agoda, the 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 exposition, the, the the explanation in agoda in homiletical terms is as follows. Meaning, so far we have explained this word le Hashem, la Hashem, to mean that this korban, this seir rishchidish, has a special function, that it atones even for someone who has no idea that he did a sin, which is unusual. Most korbanists atone for a person who realizes that he did a sin and he feels bad about it and he brings the korban to atone. But this korban of Rosh Chodesh and really of all the Chagin Rashi says, they atone even for a person, they atone specifically for a person who has no idea that he did the sin. That's one explanation of why it says Lashem, because we're talking about a, a korban that only Hashem realizes is necessary. But now we're going to the Midrashai Ba'agada. We're going to an explanation in 
homiletical terms. So Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hashem says, Haviyu kapara alai al shemi'atati Bring a kapara upon me, bring an atonement for me, bring a korban for me, because I reduced the size of the moon. Now, that is obviously a very puzzling statement. Um, yes, uh, we know from, from the Sukkim in, in Parshas Bracious and Rashi there that Kodesh Baruch Hu, that originally the sun and the moon were created of equal size. Uh, the moon made a complaint about something, and therefore the moon was nismayet. It was reduced in size. That's something that Kodesh Baruch Hu did. But here, Rashi is telling us something seemingly incredible. Of course, he took it from the Gemara, but it seems to be just beyond understanding and beyond belief that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said that he wants us to bring a korban on his behalf to atone for his quote-unquote sin of reducing the size of the moon. Yes, Hashem, we will come back to that question, the question of what does this mean? But first, I'd like to begin, as usual, with some more Technical questions. Technical question A is that Rashi begins here by essentially giving us the reason why on Rosh Chodesh and why on the, on the other uh, special days of the calendar we have to bring a Seir Izim Lechatos. One could have just uh, left it as it is. The Torah says you have to bring a Seir Izim. Okay. As we know, Rashi usually does not explain the reasons for mitzvahs, but here Rashi took it upon, upon himself to tell us that this Seir Izim that had to be brought on Rosh Chodesh, its purpose was, its purpose was to uh, atone for a person who entered the base of Mikdash, when Tomei. And in the specific case where the person didn't even know that this had occurred. So question number one is, why is Rashi telling us here the general reason why on every uh, Chag and on Rosh Chodesh this Soir Izim had to be brought? Usually Rashi does not discuss the reasons for the mitzvahs. Technical question number two is that Rashi then proceeds to tell us a special and specific reason why a Soir Izim was brought as a Korban Chatas on Rosh Chodesh. Rashi says this this, this rather amazing explanation. But besides the fact that it's amazing to talk about a Kodesh Baruch asking that a Korban be brought on his behalf, besides that, that very difficult question, but we also have to raise the question, why is Rashi giving us a reason for this Korban? Why didn't he just leave it alone? Most of the Korbanas that are discussed here in Parshish Finchas, Rashi gives no reason for them whatsoever. Just whatever it says, that's what you have to do. As we've explained many times, that Rashi usually does not give the reasons for mitzvahs. So that's question number letter B. Why does Rashi give us the specific reason for the Seir Chatos on Rosh Chodesh? And a third technical question, what, is exa what exactly does Rashi mean with this phrase, We very often think of the terms Midrash and Agoda as being more or less synonymous. We, when we open up a midrash, we are usually expecting to see a gada. We're expecting to see a homiletical interpretations, such as this one, as amazing as it is, but it's certainly 
uh, fits the bill of Agoda. What does it mean, Umidrashai be Agoda? It's Midrash in Agoda. Let's begin with this third question first. Rabbi Eliyahu Mizrahi, the famous Mizrahi, author of the, of the very great super commentary on Rashi, explains that there are two types of Midrash. There is, we are more, most people are more familiar with the Midrash Agoda, Midrash Rabbah, Midrash Tanhuma, etc. But there are what is called Midrash Halacha. For example, on uh, Sefer Vayikra, we have a Midrash called Sifra, or sometimes it's called Torah Kahanim, which has very little um, homiletical material. What it does have is very detailed explanations about how we can derive laws from the Psukim in Sefer Vayikra. It goes through every Pasuk very carefully and shows you how the Pasuk is telling you, and sometimes more openly, sometimes less openly, but it's telling you how the, showing us how the Pasuk is telling us all kinds of halachas. Very often when you open up a Gemara and the Gemara starts arguing back and forth about the meaning of a Pasuk, very often, really, the Gemara is quoting the, uh, the, the, the Sifra, or maybe quoting it and then discussing it. So we sometimes forget that really that's a separate work called the Sifra, and that is a Midrash Halacha. There's also a Midrash Halacha on Sefer Shemais called Mechilta, and there's also a Midrash Halacha on uh, Sefer Bamidbar and Sefer Dvorim called the, um, the Sifri. Now, this, the, um, the, the, the Mizrahi doesn't say quite explicitly, but I'm going to say that according to Rashi, both Midrash Haggadah and Midrash Malacha of our Chachamim, Sefranim Levracha, the things they say are not necessarily shot. The things they say are true. The things they say are very important, both in Halacha and in understanding in Machshava. Not everything that they say is the simple meaning of the Pesach. My proof to that is quite simple because Rashi who tells us in a number of places that he only intends to tell us the Pshutai Shomikra. He only intends to help us understand the simple meaning of scripture. Rashi skips over many, many hundreds and thousands of passages in the Midrash Halacha and in the Midrash, in the Midrash Agada. Why does he skip? Why does he skip over them? Why doesn't he quote them? The answer is he felt that they are not the chat. They're very important, very informative, and very inspiring, and, and, and very important in understanding halacha, but they are not necessarily the simple meaning of scripture. And therefore, Rashi very often ignores them. And therefore, the corollary of this is, is whenever Rashi does quote either a Midrash Agada or a Midrash Halacha, you have to lift up your ears and you have to listen and you have to think, why is Rashi doing this? What did Rashi see in the Pusik, in the text of the, of the Pusik that, that is causing him to explain it by using this Midrash, whether it's a matter of Halacha or a matter of Haggadah. Anyway, that's what it means here the first explanation that Rashi gives is Midrashai Bahalacha. He's explaining what the why the Pasik says the word Lahashem 
in a halachic outlook. It's telling us that this korban atones for a sin that only Hashem knows about. The person who did it doesn't even know. That's the halachic midrash, not necessarily the pshat. But because you have this extra word, Lashem, Rashi felt the need to explain it. He explained it using that midrash. The second part of Rashi, where he talks about a Kodesh Baruch Hu asking for an atonement for, quote-unquote, his sin, that is a midrashai ba'agada. That's a different type of midrash. That's a midrash which talks about values and, and, and yiras Hashem and, and things like that, not a strictly halachic matters. Okay, that's a, an explanation, that's an answer to our question letter D, our, our question letter C, what does Rashi mean by the phrase Let's now go, go back to the first two questions. Question number one, why does Rashi begin by telling us the reason for the, the Seir, for the Seir Izim, for the goat, it has to be brought on Rosh Chodesh and by extension on the other uh, Yomim Tevim. Why does Rashi feel the need to tell us the reason that it's that it's atones for the person who went into the base of Mikdash while Tomei and he didn't even know about it? Well, I think the answer is fairly simple. And that's because Rashi is explaining the word Lechatos. The word chatos, it means sin offering. So it indicates that there's a sin over here. That this carbon is being brought as a kapora, as an atonement for some sort of a sin. Now, so Rashi said, well, Pasuk is implying that the person, somebody, did some sort of a sin over here. Therefore, Rashi looked in his Gemara, the Shuvas. I guarantee you he didn't have to look the way I have to look. It was right in his head. But he dialed up in his brain, and there it says that, yes, this Corbin was brought to atone for a particular kind of sin. That explains why it's called chatos. Question B, why does Rashi then go on to tell us a special reason, a special explanation about the Corbin Musaf, about the Sa'ir Lachatas that was brought on Rosh Chodesh, that it was brought so to speak, as an atonement for a Kodesh Baruch Hu who reduced the size of the moon. So that, we have to say, Rashi, is, Rashi was bothered by the word Lashem. Why does it say you bring this Korban to Hashem? Uh, the, the whole parsha begins with Vayidaber uh, Hashem El Moshe. Of course, we're talking about bringing Korbanas to Hashem. We don't pass for Shalom, bring Korbanas to anyone else. So why does this Pasuk say Lashem? So Rashi Again, it's really a Gemara. We'll see it very soon in Mir Rashi quotes a Gemara that this Korban is somehow, in some way, a Kapara for a Kodesh Baruch. Of course, now we come to the most perplexing, perplexing question. What does this mean that on Rosh Chodesh we bring a Korban that is Mechaper on Hashem because of his quote-unquote sin that he reduced the size of the move. I mean, this is just very puzzling. Let's begin by taking a look at the Gemara. The Gemara is in Meseches Shvuas. It's also in Mesechta Chulin. We really get a better picture from the Gemara in Mesechta Chulin and Sadaf Samech Ahmed Beis. Let's learn a little bit of Gemara. Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi Rami. Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi literally 
threw. He threw down a question. As we'll see, he's going to throw together two sources and say they contradict. Siv, it is written in the Pasuk, in Bracious, it says that Hashem, that God made the two the two great lights, meaning the sun and the moon. And since it says, it sounds like the two of them were of equal size. It sounds like the sun and the moon were the same. But it's also written in the next Pasuk, same Pasuk, I believe, it says that Hashem made the big light and the little light, which is like what we're accustomed to seeing. The sun is bigger and the moon is smaller. So we have a contradiction. How do we resolve this contradiction? So Rabbi Shimon Ben-Pazi tells us as follows. The moon said to a Kodesh Baruch Hu just after it was created. Master of the universe. Is it possible that two kings should use the same crown? I mean, how can me, how can I and the sun be the same size? And how can we both light up the world at the same time? How could this be? So Amr Law, so Hashem said to the moon, Oh, you don't like being the same as the sun? Go and reduce yourself. Go make yourself smaller. Very good solution to the problem. You don't like being the same size as the sun. You don't understand how that system is going to work. Okay, you complained? Okay, you, you, you can solve the problem. Go make yourself smaller. That's why we now, the moon is smaller than the sun. Amr the fun of, now the moon uh, persisted. And the moon said in front of Hashem, We the master of the universe. Since I said in front of you a Logical point. I pointed out to you the two kings cannot use the same crown. So Amites that's me, therefore I have to reduce myself. Is that fair? I pointed out a, a logical problem in the way you created the world. And therefore I lose. Amar law. So Hashem said to the moon, Go and rule over the day and the night. What it seems to mean, and I'm not 100% sure. What it seems to mean is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said to the moon, uh, listen, you can shine both in the day and in the night. That is your consolation. It's true that you're smaller, but uh, I'm going to allow you to, uh, to show your, your shine both in the day and in the night. Rashi says, this is a consolation to the moon. The moon was not satisfied. She said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, my revuse, what's the what is the advantage of having me shine in the daytime? Ishraga mayahani, a candle in the in the light in the daytime in the afternoon, mayahani. What use does it make? What would be the the greatness that I would be allowed to shine in the day since the sun is shining? So it's not it's not uh, it's not adding anything for me to shine also, but that's not a solution to allow me to shine in the daytime also. Amar law, so Hashem said to the moon, Zil, go, limnu bach Yisrael yamin bishani. Go, and the Jews will count, according to you, the years, the days, and the years. The, the calendar is based on the moon. And how do we know what's a day? Well, the day is, uh, is, is the 
one is the is the is the sun hours, the hours when the sun is shining, in addition to the hours that the moon is shining, and then all together that's one day. Right? The Torah says it the other way around. We start we start in the evening. So what's a day? A day is all the hours that the moon is shining, and then all the hours that the sun is shining until the sun goes down. So we use the, the moon to count days, and we use the moon to count years. So that should be its constellation. Amrale, the moon said to Hashem, Yoyma nami, the The yoyma, meaning the sun, the day, meaning the sun, it's also impossible that they, that they, that they can, can count the tukufais without it. Tukufais are the, uh, what we call the equinoxes. The equinoxes, the summer equinox and the winter equinox are based on the position of the earth relative to the sun. So you have to have the sun. Uh, like, so we, you're giving me this honor that they count time based on me on the moon, but they have to count time based on the sun also. Dixiv, as it says, it says that the two great lights, the sun and the moon, will be, will be used by, by people as signs and for special times and for days and for years. So the moon said, uh, it's not enough just to tell me that I have a role in the counting of time, but the sun is also necessary. So you're not really giving me anything special. So Hashem still tried to appease the moon. Zil, go, likrut sadike bishmech. Sadikim will be called by your name. Just as you are known as Amora Katon, so Sadiqim will also be known by the, by the name Katon, as it says, Yaakov HaKaton. Yaakov is called the little one in a fossil. And it says Shmuel HaKaton. Shmuel is called the Katon. And David HaKaton. And David is also called HaKaton. So apparently, it is a, uh, it is a compliment to be called Katon, to be, to be considered humble, etc. So that is your consolation that Sadiqim are going to be known by the same name that you are known. Gemara continues. Hashem saw the moon that still it still did not settle its mind. It still wasn't settled. It still didn't feel appeased. The moon still felt uncomfortable and it felt it felt that it has been wronged. So Amara Kadish Borahus, Kadish Borahu said to the moon, Haviu Kapora Alai, Shemiati Esayareach. Okay, bring a kapara upon me that I have made smaller the moon. Sounds like a Kadish Borahu saying, Well, there's nothing I can do to appease the moon. They'll have to bring a korban on me on my behalf. Well, I sin. What do you do if you sin? You bring a korban. So bring a korban for me. And this is what Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish said. What is special about the goat that was brought on Rosh Chodesh that it says about it, Lashem, in the Pesach that we are learning? What's special about it is, is that Hashem said, Pardon me for inserting one word. This goat will be a kapara on the, the fact that I reduced the size of the moon. So on the face of it, 
this Gemara is telling us that a Kaddish Baruch did something wrong to the moon, and no matter what he tried, the moon would not accept any appeasement. And so finally, a Kaddish Baruch said, bring a Korban on my behalf. Now, we could just kind of throw up our hands and say this is a side. There are some uh, commentaries that say this, this is just a secret of the Torah. This is something that is beyond the understanding of the average person. Maybe there are certain, certain special people to whom the secret is, is revealed, but uh, maybe it's just a secret and the average person has no understanding whatever. The Gurarie also says such words. He says, this is this statement in this Gemara, which is really the statement that Rashi is making in the Chumash. It is from amongst the Amamorim Hanifloyim. It is amongst the amazing statements that are found in our, in the words of our Chachamim. And he says, there is an Oitzer Chemda She'otzer Chachamim B'Matmoyim. There is a treasury of uh, delightful, wonderful things that the Chachamim stored and hid in the Matmainim, in the hidden places of this state. And in other words, the understanding of this Gemara is it's very deep and it's probably beyond the average person. One could just say like that. It seems, however, that that would be a little difficult to say considering the fact that Rashi quotes it in his commentary on the Chumash. We don't find in Rashi's commentary in the Chumash things that are just beyond comprehension, things that are cannot be understood except in some sort of uh, Kabbalistic terms. There are many things that Rashi says that one can go deeper by understanding Kabbalah and other, other esoteric aspects of Torah. But you can also understand them on a fairly simple level. So just to say that this statement about Kodesh uh, asking for a korban to be brought for his sin of reducing the size of the moon, it's very difficult to say that Rashi would quote it if it is something that is totally uh, incomprehensible to the average person. Therefore, we, we need to find some sort of a simpler approach. Uh, the Goraye goes on and on for several pages. Um, I'm not qualified to, to, uh, to discuss what he says, but I'm gonna look for something a little simpler. There's a little hint to a beginning of what we can say in a Rashi comment here in the Sechtecholim. Rashi here says, I'm sorry, so Rashi in, in the Sechtecholim where you have essentially the same Gemara, but much shorter. There, where HaKadosh Baruch who says, Haviyu Kapara, bring for me an atonement, Rashi just says the following words, Lahafis Dato Shalavana. Hashem said this in order to appease the mind of the Levana. In other words, it sounds like from Rashi that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't really mean, I, Hashem, God, I need I, I need kapara, I need atonement. Somebody has to do me a favor and bring a korban. That, that's, just, that's just unbelievable. No, it means the Levana 
the moon was, was very insistent that no, he did something wrong to me and this is not going to make it up to me and this is not going to make it up to me and that is not going to make it up to me. So finally, a Kodesh Baruch Hu said, all right, to make you feel better, I'm going to ask that a Korban be brought on my behalf. It's just to make you feel better. I don't really need it, but for your sake. By the way, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a very important Musa that can be learned from that. That when a person perceives that we have wronged them, we have to do something about it. Even though really, maybe we didn't do anything wrong. But really we have offered them what, is, what should really be sufficient appeasement. We said, we're sorry, we've done this for them, we've done that for them. Really what I have done should appease that person. But the person still perceives that that terrible wrong was committed and that there still is, should really be more um, more appeasement forthcoming. We see from, from, from the way we're understanding that Rashi in the Seftah Shuas that it is appropriate to offer even more. Don't say, well, but you're wrong. You, look, I paid you back. First of all, I did nothing wrong in the first place. And secondly, I apologized. And thirdly, I offered you this and that. And that's enough. No, you see from a Kodesh Baruch example, the Kodesh Baruch offered even more. Okay, you win. You have not been appeased. The only way you're going to be appeased is if I have a carbon brought on my behalf. I'll even do that. That's a beginning of starting to understand this tomorrow. There is a very famous, relatively simple explanation of this Gemara from Rabbeinu Yitzhak Al-Fasi, more commonly known as the Rif. The Rif, uh, for those who may not know, lived approximately uh, in, within at the same time that Rashi did. He lived from 1013 to 1103, as opposed to Rashi, who was born a little bit later, 1040, and Rashi only lived to, 11, to, to 1105. So Rashi lived a shorter life, but they were alive um, during Rashi's entire lifetime. The Rif was alive. The Rif lived in, in, uh, in Morocco, in, in the city of, uh, of, of Fez, or Fas. Al-Fasi means the Fasi, the one from Fez. And what the Rif is best known for is, is just one, one magnificent work which is generally just called halachas or hilchas arif. He went through every piece of Gemara. He removed all of the argumentation, which in some ways is, is all the fun, but he removed all the argumentation and just gave you a halachic summary. Just gave you the statement that states the final halachic conclusion. He very, very rarely makes any comment on Haggadatah, on homiletic passages. But here he does. Why? I'm not sure. Maybe he just felt that this, this piece of Agatha was, was so difficult that he had to say something. This is actually the riff in Mesech the Shuas, but he begins by saying, by quoting the, the Gemara in Mesech the Chulin that we just saw. We're not going to repeat it. But, uh, but a Kodesh Warah who kept on offering different appeasements to the moon, and the moon kept on saying it's not enough. And finally, he quotes here, no matter what a Kodesh Baruch Hu said, the moon's uh, mind was not appeased. So a Kodesh Baruch Hu finally said, 
bring for me an atonement because I have reduced the moon. And that's what Reish Lokish said, that that's why it says Lashem in the Pasuk that we are learning. Now, Kleimar, the riff comes and says Kleimar. Kleimar, when we shine him, when the Farshim say Kleimar, it always means that the text does not really mean exactly what the words say. We have to put in a, an explanation. If we would just translate the words and take them at face value, we really would not be getting the proper meaning. So Kleimar, this means to say, since Hashem said to the moon, okay, I made you smaller, but you can shine both in the day and the night, but the moon was not appeased. So so then Hashem said to the, the moon further, uh, the, the Jews will count days and years by you. But the moon still was not appeased. And, the, and Hashem said to the moon, Sadikim al Shimcha, the, the Sadikim will be called by your name, and still the moon was not appeased. So Amar So finally, Akadish Baruch said to the moon, I'm going to make for you an honor. or that is going to settle your mind, it's going to make you feel better. Tachas because I reduced you. My new, what is this covered that I'm going to make for you? That every Rosh which of course is the Rosh is the, the, the beginning of the new lunar cycle. That's, that's when we know Rosh is. Every Rosh the Jews will bring a korban in front of me, to atone for their sins. Not that the korban is a kapara for me, I don't need kapara. I'm totally beyond that. But I'm, gonna, I'm going to establish that Yisrael, Yisrael, every Rosh on your, so to speak, on your birthday, every month, Miss Moon, Yisrael is going to bring a korban to be mechaper avenu sehen to atone for their sins. Well, the fichach, therefore, Amar Hakadosh Baruch Hu, kapara lefanai, bring a kapara in front of me, not for me, but in front of me or on my behalf. Meaning, do it because I'm asking you to do it. Bereish on the first of every month, mechaper aleichem to atone for you for your sins, Kol Yisrael. In order that you will pay the kapara, that you will pay with this carbon the honor that I said I would do for the moon. Meaning, by you, Klaius, of bringing a carbon every Rosh that is going to be an honor to the moon, which will make the moon feel better because of the fact that I reduced her size. Her size. This is the meaning of the Gemara this, that, 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 that quotes the Kaddish Baruch who has saying, bring a korban because I reduced the moon. Not bring a korban for me because I need atonement. No, 
Klal Yisrael, bring a carbon every time that the moon reappears, every first day of the lunar cycle, every Rosh Chodesh, bring a carbon, and this will be an honor for the moon, and the moon will feel better about the fact that I made it small. This is the rift, and this, this makes this Gemara into something that uh, little people like us can have some grasp of. The Gorarye raises, however, two questions about the rift. First of all, the Gorarye asks, why did this carbon, why did this kapara, why, why did this covet, I should say, why did this honor that Hashem wanted to make for the moon involve a korban chatas rather than some other korban? Why didn't the Kodesh Baruch Hu say, call yourself every Rosh Chodesh, bring a korban oil or bring a korban shlomer to make a covet for the moon, which feels bad that I made it smaller? Why did it have to be a korban chatas? And number two, Gurarya asks, why was the moon appeased by this? The moon wasn't appeased by anything else. Why was it finally appeased by the offer of this Korban? I think both questions can be answered on a, on a simple level as follows. The greatest honor that the moon could get would be to be a mechanism, to be a, a plea, a vessel, for the atonement of Klai Yisrael. Rashi says in the first Pasuk in the Torah, Bereshis, Boro Elohim es HaShemayim v'Yasa'aretz, Bereshis, Bishvil Yisrael Shaniku Reshis. The world was created because of Yisrael. Klai Yisrael really was the, the purpose of the creation. That, that's a whole talk in and of itself. But really, HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world because he wanted there to be a Klai Yisrael, which would serve him and which would would, would sanctify his name and, and, and publicize his greatness to the whole world. That's really the purpose of the whole creation. Now, to be a mechanism which, which brings about their kapara, which brings about their atonement when they sometimes do the wrong thing, and to ensure their existence means you're ensuring the existence of the whole world. You're the insurance policy on the whole world. This is specifically why HaKadosh Baruch Hu chose to appease the moon by saying that on your day, on Rosh Chodesh, Klai Yisrael is going to bring a korban, and not just any korban, but a korban chatas, which is going to atone their sins and ensure that they continue to exist and that thereby the whole world continues to exist. That's why it had to be a korban chatas. And now, automatically, we can answer the second question. Why was the moon appeased by this, but by nothing else? All the other things are wonderful. Uh, you're going you're to shine day and night, and in Sadiq, I'm going to be called on your name. These are all very nice honors. This really is the ultimate honor, that the whole world depends on you. The whole existence of the world depends on you. Just one final thought. We see from this tomorrow, the way the Rif understands it, when we bring the Seir Chatas on Rosh Chodesh, we are really acting on behalf of HaKadosh Baruch Really doing a favor for HaKadosh Baruch HaKadosh Baruch wanted to appease the moon because of this whole discussion that he had with the moon. And we are the ones who are doing it for him. We are acting on HaKadosh Baruch 
he had. It's very interesting that that takes place on Rosh Chodesh, because on Rosh Chodesh we find that Klai Yisrael is really in charge. There's uh, there are many sources for this. I'm going to quote a Yerushalmi, Masechta Rosh Hashanah, Perak Aleph, Halacha Gimel. Yerushalmi tells us that normally when there's a when a king wants to have a trial with some certain subject who may have uh, committed certain crimes against the king's law, so the king sets the date and the subject has to appear, otherwise you're automatically guilty. But it's not like that with a Kodesh Baruch When a Kodesh Baruch wants to have, uh, when he wants to have a, a din with Klai Yisrael, really with the whole world, when he wants to have a din with Klai Yisrael, on Rosh Hashanah, that's the Yom Adin. So he waits to see that the base din of Klai Yisrael, the Sanhedrin of Klai Yisrael, has been Mekadesh HaSachayvish. He waits to see that they have declared which day is Rosh Chodesh of Tishrei, and thereby that is Rosh Hashanah. And if Beistin decides that really Rosh Hashanah should not be until the next day, there's always a two-day window of opportunity. If for whatever reason Beistin decides that really the next day should be Rosh Hashanah, so then the Yerushalmi the, the says that a Kodesh Baruch who says to the Malachim, Ha'aviru bima, take away the platform where I was going to sit, and Yavru Hategorim, and take away the, the prosecuting attorneys and take away the defense attorneys, put away the whole courtroom scene. We're not using it today because today is not Rosh Hashanah. My children, Chalai Yisrael, have decided that Rosh Hashanah is not until tomorrow. We see that when it comes to Kiddush HaChodesh, we are in charge. We are we are more powerful. We have a greater role in deciding when Rosh Hashanah is, even then, and I think that's a parallel idea to what we see here in this Gemara in Mesech Tzchulen and together with the Rif, that on Rosh Chodesh, we act on behalf of a Kodesh Baruch. This is, of course, uh, the Gemara says it's a great honor for the moon that we're bringing a Korban on its day. It's also a great honor for Klai Yisrael.